Thanks for having us today, everyone. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to uh, a good friend, advisor, and, and mentor of mine, uh, Mark Wilkie. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Today, And, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your career and, and your journey along the way? Yeah. Good morning, uh, Jake. Thanks for thanks for having me, everybody. Um, yeah, like I said, my name is Mark Wilkie. I'm a technologist working in media well, probably since the early 2000s, um, working in new media and digital media, uh, founding technologist at, at BuzzFeed, uh, also worked with Gawker Media in the early days, just spent a lot of my, my career in the past 20 years focusing on media and building publishing platforms. You know, Mark, a uh, big part of that journey started uh, at BuzzFeed. Can you, can you tell us a little, uh, you know, I know it was, there was probably a lot to the journey, but what did you learn in the early days and what were some of the big, uh, you know, things that you needed to overcome to kind of launch that, that digital media company at scale? Yeah, sure. So this BuzzFeed early days around 2006, right, which is definitely a different era than, than today. Um, you know, we were hosting in physical hardware back then, like uh, Amazon Cloud was really just an idea and something we played around a little with a little bit with but um you know most of the tech that we were using for buzzfeed we built ourselves uh you know like artisanal publishing platforms was the joke i like to use but but yeah a lot of you know, and we think about like data pipelines we think about publishing platforms we think about scaling uh, cdns a lot of that stuff we 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 home rolled which would definitely is definitely different than the approach to where we think about it today uh and really thinking about data in publishing was not a new thing, but something that like we were just starting to think about and building those tools and 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 those those products ourselves and and really like what does that mean to leverage data to to drive a media company right? Which was now that's like a must have thing, but back then that was kind of a novel idea, right? Right, and you know what was always been, has been really unique with you know working and learning you know from you, Mark, is you know a lot of the work. Uh, you know, that, that you've supported us with at Mac Services and, and our fintech clients and, and freight tech uh, clients as well is, you know, realizing that that media scale for that that data pipeline. What kind of what kind of scale were you talking about? How many monthly active users of BuzzFeed were you building this this data pipeline for? Yeah, so I left BuzzFeed back in 2015, and I think we were at about 110 million <clears throat> web uniques at that point. Anyway, uh, uh, not including obviously third-party networks and and like videos for Tasty out out on Instagram and all that. So when we think about like impressions around the internet, we're talking uh, uh, like billions, right? So, but but just thinking about website scale, we're about 110 million uniques when I left. Yeah. What are you applying that you've learned from some of the other ventures to create this really robust data pipeline? Yeah, sure. I think the the the, the biggest thing is 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 obviously we want to, uh, and we're small, right? We're a very small engineering team, nowhere near the size of BuzzFeed when I left. So, how do we think about data pipeline and building that infrastructure and collecting large amounts of data? Obviously, it's it's a big undertaking. At, when I left BuzzFeed, I went to another media organization called Department Therapy, and we rebuilt their publishing platform. And again, they were a small team and, and thinking about how would we replicate what we were able to build at BuzzFeed with a much larger team and a, and a, a much larger scale of time uh, was a bit daunting. And so what we realized is that 
we're going to have to lean really hard into cloud and platforms as a service and, and software as a service here, just because building those tools just wasn't realistic in the time and the effort that we had. So, so really leaning hard into the cloud. And we chose Google Cloud for apartment therapy, which we're also using here at, at Semaphore. But really considering Google as like our senior operations specialist, right? Leaning into their tools really hard and, and, and really doing things their way a little bit too, realizing too, if we're going to lean on Google for, for our platform, we have to do it Google's way too, right? Don't swim upstream against Google. If you're going to host on Amazon, really try to adhere to their best practices. Don't try to like take your Amazon philosophy and apply it at Google, right? Because it's not going to work, but really like leaning into those tools so that hopefully we can focus on what really matters is modeling our data and not moving large amounts of data from A to Z or transforming data or storing data. Let, let Google, uh, we're, we're leveraging uh, a big query for our data warehouse, uh, really leverage Google for that. And then also leaning into platforms like Segment, like we use Segment and Mac Services with really great success. Uh, or self has another option, but I think we're really looking uh, at Segment as a solution for us. But really leveraging these platforms to connect sources and destinations allow us to move data Easily, you know, I, I like to joke nowadays as a as an operations person, I spend a lot of time pushing buttons as opposed to like, connect, you know, building services. But I but I think that's really valuable because it allows us then to focus on what really matters is that now transfer and informing that user behavioral data in a way that's valuable to us. Right, really focusing on getting the insights we want on those data transformations and not spending all the time and energy, the energy we spent at BuzzFeed, right, which is trying to build these data pipelines, trying to capture the right events, well-formed in the right way, getting them to the right place, right? Like, I think people really underestimate the effort it takes, even just building mechanisms to fire and validate, like, user behavioral events, right? That became a big problem for us at BuzzFeed because we had a lot of garbage data out there, right? So we, like, we, they, like, when I follow up with the data engineering team now, they're like, we spent a lot of energy after you left making sure that, you know, garbage in, garbage out. How do we validate our data? How do we make sure our data is what we think it is, right? And so these tools really help with that. And so, like, you know, again, like leaning hard into platforms and SaaS and and, and trying to find the best tool for our needs so we can focus on the, the, the domain that we have expertise in, which is publishing, right? Right. And, you know, as as we've worked more together and, and you know, really been able to to, to learn so much from, from your experience, uh, you know, our, our backgrounds have, have kind of collided a little bit. And, the, you know, there's there's even a few of them, uh, you know, especially at Freight Waves that have a similar experience where, you know, I kind of grew up in in media and advertising and then transitioned into the fintech space at Verifone uh, and then, uh, you know, somehow ended up in, in transportation, logistics and, and freight uh, within that digital marketplace, and and I, I don't think I'll ever leave now. But really, a critical principle of all of this is that, it, you know, especially within digital media, you have to deliver the right content to the right audience at the right time to drive this conversion, right? And you spoke a little bit about, uh, you know, the the difficulties that you had at BuzzFeed in the early days because a lot of these SaaS platforms just didn't inherently exist, right? So you were building something that was very, very proprietary to your ability to launch and scale and deliver content and measure content and use that data downstream. And, you know, there's a lot of, of SaaS solutions, you know, that can now help an organization uncover that. And when you view an incumbent, right, in in any space trying, trying to build this, what recommendations 
do you give right to their product team in terms of how do you do this with some speed and agility is a lot of it tied into, uh, you know, focus on your domain, right? You know, the ability to just get that data structured as early in that data pipeline as you can to drive a moment of truth. Because a lot of what we focused on, especially with fintech, because fintech is inherently a marketplace-based businesses, right? You know, you're, you're matching supply and demand and, you know, freight and freight technology is becoming, uh, you know, so much more digitally focused at that as well. How do you use it for liquidity, right? When, when you think about liquidity as a, as a metric, where does that come into focus when you're starting to build this data pipeline? Is it so heavily focused at the front end and then you can give it to the product organization to build products on top of it? Is, is, is that ultimately the goal? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, the, you're thinking about like our, our, our experience working in logistics, right? And like when we, when we, when we did some, some behavioral tracking for fuel finder, right? Uh, uh, I think we start from that, like behavioral tracking plan, right? Which is just like, what is the, what, what, what user behavior is going to be important to us, right? And, and, and that's what the starting point is, right? And like making sure we get the right behavioral events and getting the right, information so we can get insights from that so like and 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 that's the nice thing about using tools like segment or even snowplow which is right they give you this nice facility to build tracking plans to 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 structure them right create a schema which is basically this is what our tracking is to put plan needs to be invalidated so we're getting that right event data into our data warehouse right so from there we can start making some interesting insights, right? And that's a little bit of an evolution, everything as well, right? Which is like the initial tracking plan you would build is not going to be the right one, right? So this idea to be able to easily iterate and move through it, you know, like I think the interesting thing too is when I think about this as a data pipeline, right? There's this idea of like, you know, we're dealing with a logistics company and they have their transactional data, which is, which is you think about that in a different way, right? But when we think about like behavioral data, you know, like especially like tracking JavaScript on the front end of the websites, that data is inherently lost, right? I think, I don't remember, I don't know the exact numbers nowadays, but I think we used to say like 5% of any like JavaScript track is going to get lost in the ether, right? So, so it's not transactional. It's in, in nature, it's lossy a little bit. And so we like this idea that we can spin them up quickly start tracking data, evolve, move through it, right? Like, like treat it much more lightweight than I would treat, like obviously the transactional data that we need, right? So we can move quicker and iterate, iterate. Because one of the challenges is getting, you know, really tracking the right behavioral data in the right way. And that, you know, it, it takes, takes some learnings, right? And so the ability to very quickly to be able to start tracking data and iterate it and modify those schemas uh, securely and quickly is really valuable in my opinion. Right? I agree. And, you know, I think, that that transactional and behavioral data, you know, becomes really important, right? And there are these, they've become these known marketplace principles, right? It's a known marketplace principle that uh, nearly a marketplace-based business in, in any industry will rely on to convert a user to do a thing, right? And in order to convert a user to do a thing, you need first-party data, which uh, freight and transportation logistics marketplaces uh, inherently have, right? They know who the user is. They know who the carrier is. They know who the customer is. Uh, there's usually some sort of uh, transactional data that also exists with that user, right? So they inherently have a benefit as long as they can use it to build products downstream, where a lot of organizations within freight, this freight marketplace, which we've observed, 
is following these marketplace principles, right? And the marketplace principle to conversion when you're connecting supply and demand is trying to influence this cash conversion cycle, right? So how do you pay one side faster to influence their decision to do a thing, right? To book freight. But how do you also pay them faster and then invoice a customer faster so the intermediary can convert their cash sooner, faster in, the, in that in that cycle? And a lot of the behavioral data that we try and introduce in you know to this entry point of the data pipeline that you've done a great job of explaining is, you know, why did the user show up and where are they in the path to purchase? Right? Are they are they shopping for freight? You know, are they about to deliver freight, you know, either for you or for another broker or shipper that they work with? Uh, are they looking to provide tracking or are they waiting to get paid? And what's the most important thing that you can do for the carrier or the carrier can do for you in that moment, right? And understand those behaviors over time so then the product organization can take this data uh, apply it into something that's really proprietary to the way that they do do business, and then they can use it to influence a decision, right? And building payment products on top of these various freight marketplaces, we've seen a tremendous amount of success, right? Where what's the most important thing? And there are, are two questions uh, that continuously come up, right? Where's my stuff and where's my money, Right. I want to know where the freight is, and I want to know when I'm going to get paid, right? So if you can influence these carriers in the moment, you can use something that's an advantage to your specific marketplace because cash is king. So can you reduce their terms? Can you make it easier for that, uh, that invoice to be generated? But so much of these incumbents and their ability to connect with a fintech company downstream is their ability to structure that data at their entry point to their marketplace, right? Because if they want to connect with a fintech service provider and they don't have really, really well-structured data, um, that's, a, that's a massive barrier that they, that they need to try and overcome. And to build that internally at scale while also being able to do it with some agility and speed to create these products and and build a product based off of an informed hypothesis. Hey, we believe this to be true, but we have to test it, uh, you know, in in a environment that we can control. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, things fall down at that stage because that entry point is just really, really unstructured. Right, it's it's not reliable, and it needs to be restructured for each connection. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point, which is just that even outside of the of a, of a conversion of a user, just like how are our products performing? Right, are users using our products? Or what we delivering makes sense? Right, like this data, I see it's like a it's a great feedback loop for product. This is how we we build product, right? Which is like we've got a new feature. What data for this feature matters? Let's make sure we measure that when we release it. So it's actually, you know, I like to say like how how soon does it tell us we were wrong about our hunch for this product, right? Because you know there are always hunches, right? We don't really know until the users are actually interacting with it. And if we're not measuring that interaction, then we don't really know. It's like uh, my analogy is we're driving with our headlights off, right? We're driving around in the dark. We don't know really what's happening. So it can both help 
us make our products better and our user interactions better, and then help the user help us identify where is this user on their journey? How can we impact that? Right. Right. Uh, so that's what you know. I think has been has been a lot of fun is is these various worlds continue to collide. Right. I mean, you know, we're having a conversation right now where you know supply chain meets fintech. Right. Where there are so many nuances about these two industries that uh, are so natural together. Right. But media and advertising connects so well to it, right? There are, there are principles of, of, of digital media and advertising that have happened online, you know, several, several years ago that have driven a lot of these marketplace principles for how e-commerce works today and how, uh, you know, fintech companies are building products at scale for B2B or B2C and connecting with these various marketplaces because they're now, be, they've become these known knowns, right? These are marketplace principles to drive conversion, for a user and, you know, cash is king. And as you see these fintech companies be embedded within freight and technology and logistics and supply chain, uh, that speed and agility has to be accelerated, right? And I think it needs to be accelerated less from, uh, you know, these fintech providers and more from the marketplace itself. Right, the marketplace itself needs to adopt this agility at that entry point. Right, to have really well structured transactional and behavioral data that can allow product teams to test and iterate quickly. Right, and the liquidity of that marketplace to how quickly an organization can match supply and demand can be influenced by fintech so well. Right, so. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know your your perspective and your journey. I I, I love hearing uh, you know the stories never get old, right? Of of you know what what your team you know you know did at BuzzFeed in the early days, and I'm really excited to see how you bring that to life at at Semaphore as as you get this digital media company off the ground. Uh, but we like to apply you know from Max Services to apply a lot of these same principles uh, for logistics marketplaces, right? And, and build fintech products and, you know, fuel programs to convert a carrier to do a thing, right? And you have to understand that journey. You need to know what the most important thing is and deliver it in a moment of truth to convert a carrier to book a load, right? So uh, I appreciate the conversation today. Uh, and I appreciate FreightWaves for, for putting together two of, I would say, my, my favorite topics with, with fintech and supply chain. Uh, so you have a great rest of your day, Mark, and thanks again for your time. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I appreciate it. It was great uh, chatting with you today.